0: Welcome to the Retail Ready Podcast Season 2, hosted by Ben Wyatt. Your destination for food trends, business talk, and some serious knowledge bombs about the food industry. Before we start, a huge thank you goes to Worth Foods, who are our podcast sponsor. Worth Foods believe that enjoying a snack is an opportunity to pause for a moment, even when you're on the go. So next time you're listening to a Retail Ready Podcast... Grab a Worth Foods bar and enjoy a delicious pause moment in your day. Visit worthfoods.com.au for more information. Now, let's get on with today's Retail Ready podcast episode. Welcome back, everyone, to the Retail Ready podcast. We are absolutely firing uh, since starting series two. And I've got a, a person and a business that I've followed for a decade. And I've followed because this is this business seems to have all the greatest brands that I use myself, and every every cafe I go into, I always see these brands. And me personally, and this is why I started the podcast, I, I look around, I see trends, I see businesses grow, and this is a business that I just wanted to understand a little bit more of, and I can't uh, welcome this guest enough, so thank you for joining us, George. How are you?
1: Good, Ben, and well, thank you. Thanks for having me,
0: mate. Uh, Absolute pleasure. And um, yeah, I've, well, I followed yourself um, for a few years, but I followed your business, Feel Good Foods, for a long time and the brands that I'd like to think you have helped grow in Australia as well. So before I ruin it, would you just like to give an introduction about who you are and um, the business that you've uh, created?
1: Um, so I'm the owner and founder of Feel Good Foods. Um, we've been going for around, oh, I think we're touching on almost 15 years, but I'll say 14 years. Um, we're based in Melbourne. We got uh, distribution into, uh, we managed the whole Victoria and Tasmania. Um, we got a team of just under 40 employees um, in Vic and Tas. Um, and we basically, we're a, we're a distributor. Um, I think the uniqueness for us is, is that we, we carry into retail mm. and, and food service as well, uh, where you'll find, and as you would know, Ben, with, as a brand owner and what you do, um, it, it's very difficult to uh, find a distributor who does both. You can either generally find a food service focus yep. or a retail focus. Um, and in a nutshell, that's us. I'm a dad. two kids. So I've got a 13-year-old <laughs> and a 14-year-old, a 14-year-old daughter and a 13-year-old son. Um, I started the business from scratch uh, with with no money, um, and you know, I I had a I had a a thousand dollar credit card. Quit my job, came home, told my pregnant wife <laughs> and my fourteen year old that I'm going to give it a crack. <laughs> so,
0: and, I, I, and that's where I want to start. My first question is like, how did it all begin? Because that <laughs> you've just given a little summary there. Like, wh- where did the idea pop into and? Tell me about those early days because that that sounds fascinating in, in itself. itself.
1: Well, I, I think for me, I've I've always grown up to be, and I was raised as my parents. Not I'm I'm Greek background and, and a Europe from a European culture. So I've always grown up around people and 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 culture mm. and, and be respectful and and all that type of stuff. So for me, um, working in distribution and pre feel good, I was with another um, food distribution business for eight years as an operations person. Yep. And then prior to that, I was with another one. Um, but my rec- most recent role pre-Feelgood, Feel um, I, I learned so much as a business and it was a really good company and they did really well. They did some really good things. And and, and part of what I learned through that walk was, you know, you can still stay traditional but do some really cool things. Yeah. Um, and that was when I sort of said, you know what, I think, and i just seen the movement around our food landscape changing and and people becoming price driven margin driven it's rock bottom race to the bottom, cheap, 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 undercut, and all that type of stuff and mm-hmm. I just took a step back and said, "You know what I don't see a winner here I um, know I see that the I say that the, the retailer will win um, in the short term, um, but I'll also say and the, and the cafe owner will will win mm-hmm. in the short term, but the long game is the end result will be a tarnished brand or product that everyone's got, and then you become a Me Too product. Yep. And, and and that's where, you know, things fade away. So I just sort of took a step back and said, you know what, I think I could do something that's really service eccentric um, with our customers um, and our suppliers as well, um, and that really has something, that's the foundation of our business and that's what I wanted to build. And I thought, you know what, if I just maintain my relationships with every single person that I meet from day, from day dot, they're going to b- deliver something for me as as much as I'm delivering something yeah. for them. Yeah, and and that was what I did. So I um, you know, I, I came home. Um, as I said, my, my wife was my wife was pregnant. I had a 14 month old daughter. Um, you know, I had floated the idea of you know one day I want to do something for myself, mm-hmm. and then th- that was it. I just came home one day and I said. I've got to do it because if I don't do it now, yeah, um, you know, kids are going to grow up and responsibilities and all that will change. Um, and as much it was a, you know, it was a risk, huge risk. Yeah, I, I was the only income earner. That was it. Uh, you know, so um, yep. so I did that, and, and I, we had no money, we had no parents, we had no backing like that. My parents come from a working class, <laughs> and typical factory worker um, scenario. That's
0: impressive. Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, i I, um, I bought a I bought a busted up van from my neighbor for around 500 bucks <laughs> and a thousand dollar credit card and went and used that credit card to buy my first half pallet of stock
0: um, um, and what was that what was it, it was Yeah, bons,
1: it was bonsai soy milk so oh, we've got some grassroots relationships with spiral foods um so jim wilson the owner there he's a really nice guy and we, had, we hit it off and i was working with him for a long time and and, and you know I, I mentioned my intention. And at mm. the time, he had some other stuff going on with with Spiral as well. So um, it was great because I wanted to get out, and he appreciated that. That's what my road was going to be. But I could take one of his products to get started. Yeah. Um, so it was beneficial for both of us to sort of have it a crack, and then also he had some other interests that I was working for and for him as a consultant, helping out as well. But um, and that's what I did, and I never forget the day, man. I, I was absolutely shitting myself. <laughs> I
0: bet <laughs> it, it, it's always one of them where yeah, half a pallet turns up, and you're like, oh shit, I've got yeah. to sell. I've got to sell this now. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. And, and who's going to buy this? Why would they want to buy it off me? So yeah, look, and that was the journey for it. Uh, while like it's the mental and the emotional journey that all of us go through is shit you know Mm self-confidence judgment you know we're always going to be the most critical on ourselves yeah um and and yeah so but i i think for me that in the early days um i think the timing and having that my wife was pregnant and having a 14 month old and having the you know the uh never let die because yeah you awesome. had to
0: succeed yeah kind There's of thing no,
1: there was no choice exactly right so oh. it's like jump in the water and start swimming and don't stop so
0: <laughs> if not you'd be a divorced <laughs> a divorced bloke with a lot of um soy milk
1: <laughs> yeah so that was us in a nutshell then it led to um yeah then one door led to the next and and again, like it was never for me, it was never going in saying, Hey, you know, where do you mm. buy that from? I'll oh, undercut. It was never that. Yeah. It was more about, you know, if it didn't take the first time, it took the third time, the fourth time to, to sell in a product. That's fine. Um, but it was more about the longevity in the relationship and the guarantee that here's my number. If you, if, if it's not me that turns up, yep. you've got access to me all the time. Um, and that made people feel confident and reassuring because especially in the hospital scene, mm they're dealing with the big guys yep. and, and they're just another transaction, another invoice, and if there's an out of stock on the invoice, they're like too bad.
0: Correct, okay, right. yeah, don't have yeah, move on.
1: Yeah, and I've, I've got no oat milk or I've mm. got no soy milk today because my guys let me down. So we, didn't, we don't run that way. Um, you know, we, we give transparency to our customers and, and, and that's one thing that I've really built in terms of foundation within our business and, and also with our, yeah, with our staff, with our suppliers, mm-hmm. with our customers.
0: That's fantastic because uh, it's funny. Do you do you still have the van that you originally bought, or is that long gone <laughs> now? <laughs> because I don't know
1: if you know Bonsoy, mate, but it's heavy stuff. That stuff breaks vans, <laughs> mate.
0: Because the funny thing, if anyone's listening to this in Victoria, Tazzy, like I see your vans everywhere, and it's always funny. Like the, you can't miss them. So yeah. I, it's what I want to know is then as the growth continued, like what was your biggest learning along the way? Then was it just having that relationship with your customers—that was the winner, or like, how have you built a business that has succeeded? And I'm guessing now brands are knocking at your door, going, yeah. "Oh, I see what you're doing with this brand. Can can we be part of it?" Like, what what's the lessons there?
1: I think you know the biggest thing is staying humble mm. and, and and being real on what you can and can't. Do um, you know, and and this is the challenge for us. So For like, we've got relationships with our customers, and they're great because we need our customers, and they need us. Like we're you know we're the link between them having a full shelf in retail versus mm-hmm. not. Um, but we're in the customers part. The customer part that's a huge part of our business, but it's just as weighed the same way in terms of our suppliers as well. Like distributors have got a really bad reputation.
0: And yeah, yeah, and
1: it's shit. You know, and 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 I. That's the bit where I. I don't like and this is what it comes down to. I can I can change this with the people I work with at least. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the brand owner needs to know that they're giving me their baby. I need to rock it. Yeah. Yeah. And if I can't, I'm gonna tell you and then at least together we can work it out. So that's that's how we sort of work with all our suppliers. Like I, I, it amazes me even today. I get phone calls from some brand saying, "Hey, I've been ringing my distributor, and he never returns my call." I'm like, "Why are you in business if this?"
0: Guy? Yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because not every brand is going to succeed, but you you need to give it a go, don't you? And it's sometimes just being stuck in a warehouse um, is it, it, it's never going to work, regardless. Um, right. You need right. someone to push it, but. If you're a product of five thousand in a catalog, it's uh, <laughs> you're never going to get ranging, are you?
1: No, well, you won't. But I think you know. I think there's a place for everybody, and everyone's model works. I'm not saying we're we're, we're perfect because we're not. We've got our flaws as well. But I think the bigger guys who do have five thousand products um, can work, and they mm. have their ways of doing stuff. Um, but I think the other flip side is you know we've got eight sales reps on the road in Melbourne every day. Yeah. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of conversations being had every single day, um, and above them that, we if you for instance, if we were to take a brand on from yours, the conversations would be, hey Ben, yeah, we 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 love your brand. It looks good. We think it'll fit. We think there's an audience within our portfolio. But together, we're going to sell your product. And and we wouldn't be engage, We engage brand owners to get, meat yep. bars, yeah, get go out, meet buyers, yeah, demonstrations, do all that, get down to the grassroots stuff because we're very grassroots as a business. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, we're. We may seem big and we look big, but we're still very human down down the bottom. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and, and I think sometimes people forget it is that just the relationship into it. You're dealing with another person to try and get that person to take the product, and I think what you've mentioned in the in the start of this podcast, it's that relationship that being humble and just providing great service.
1: And that's as traditional as it sounds you know that's the expectation from the customer is quite simple is I'll order with you tell me when it's coming and how much it's going to cost mm. and if you can tick those things off pretty quickly and do it in a manner that's reasonable for them i think you're 90% there
0: yeah that's impressive and i've got to ask so you you've built you've grown over the last 14 years what's been your biggest Oh shit! Moment, why? Because you, you must have ordered some wrong stock or done something. I, we always hear like the the celebrations and yeah. the the high fives. What are you open enough to say? Oh, I don't ever <laughs> do this again. There's <laughs> been lots, man.
1: Like, <laughs> and, 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 and and I say this to everyone. I'm, sometimes you know, and, and you know what it's like when you've got a business. You, I don't like. I don't like how some. Know, motivational speakers and stuff like mm. that before that where they, they you know, hey, do this and take this and you'll succeed Yeah. because it's almost setting up people for failure um, and when they do fail they don't know what to do with themselves but you know realities are we still fail now like it's just you know I, there's, there's times at night I sit back with my wife and say well what a shit day that was yeah. and that's just <laughs> part of business you know and, and, and dealing with so many people and, and challenges and stuff but look we've, we've had some We've had some downfalls. COVID mm. was super interesting for us. Yeah,
0: okay, yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, we had, you know, we had uh, containers on the water uh, coming from London of a brand that we sold a lot into the market, heaps mm. of, so we've got we 2 40-foot containers coming in and it's a really, it's a, you know, it's an RTD product that is basically impulse buy and with COVID we know there's no impulse. Yeah. Online, online, no one's in store, so we've had, you know, Hundred and fifty grand's worth oh. of stock on on the way, and we're like, "Fuck, where we're we gonna? What are yep. we gonna do with this stuff?" So you know, we, we took a hit, a real huge hit in that sense. Um, you know, and we lost a fair bit of cash and, oh. and stores, and, and the brand was, you know tarnished and yeah. even till now like we haven't recovered we haven't brought that band back that that brand back into the market just so the fact of it's just non-competing now
0: because yeah
1: got you so hard. um so we've you know we've, we've lost some serious money along the way um but again like you know i have this saying with my team no one's dead and the building's not on fire <laughs> could, <you> know, <laughs> no um you know, and and that's and that's been a bit of a downfall. When oh, I've had look, we've had other stuff too, mate. I could, you know, we've had we've had staff um, issues and the general stuff, you know, over the years. And you think, well, you know, how did that even happen? Or have yeah, you know, and, and that's normal stuff that happens every day. But COVID was an interesting one. Um, as I said, we, we lost a bit, fair bit of stock. But the flip side is, and I tell everyone this story, and I'm happy to share it with yeah, you. Yeah, please. So- but we do we do Hig you know, who gives a crap is a brand. We mm-hmm. contribute. We helped launch that brand. Um from Daydot. We've been with those guys since Daydot. Um I partially funded um the initial I invested the initial um funds into to the rollout um because Simon who owns the car or the original founder of, of who gives a crap was sitting on the toilet for 50 hours um trying to trying to raise money to for his first production run <laughs>
0: oh wow um, yeah
1: so he's he's got a really cool story if anyone gets a chance by all means look into it, it's amazing so anyway he ended up it took him 50 hours to get to 50 grand but I rang him and said mate um I'd love to distribute a product. You know, it's right down our alley. I think mm. there's something really exciting here. And he said, mate, I don't even have a toilet roll to sell <laughs> you. We haven't even done production.
0: <laughs> Can I ask, though, like what caught your eye about the that, the brand? Because that's, yeah, it's one of the most iconic brands now for toilet roll. Yeah. And it, it, and this is why I love love following your business because – You've just got really good brands that have just got a huge lo- like brand loyalty and brand following, but you've got onto them before that loyalty and that kind of the trend has kicked off. So yeah. what, like, how did that catch your eye and you go, "Ah, oh, I can, I can distribute this and become part the, of the portfolio."
1: It's a story, you know. There's a story there, and it's really cool. And and you know that their whole thing initially was toilet paper that makes you feel good um yeah and I was like, well okay and this and, and and it was like well i reckon i can do something. With this it's cool it's different i like the idea it fits right down my demographic of audience and who, mm-hmm. I, who i'm targeting talking to um and yeah and that's where i generally feel and i know it sounds crazy ben and uh, We'll, we'll meet and talk further but like, mm. I'm very much on gut feel
0: um, yeah yeah
1: and I'm very much you know my hand my hair stand up on my arms when I talk yeah. about some successful things we've done like with who, it was an amazing story with who gives a crap um so and that's a partnership that's been there for a long time and they get it and we get it and we together we know where the brand needs to be but you've got to buy in um as a believer mm. yeah financially um so that was yeah that was a successful brand but with who gives a crap, what I was saying, as much as we had those two containers on the water of that other brand mm. that was going to fail the minute it turned up, we also had, we ordered two containers. We made an error and ordered three containers. <laughs> we, no, we were like, far out, man. We ordered an extra container. We don't need it. What like, a mistake. What a mistake that was. <laughs> but it arrived, it arrived as the toilet paper rush thing was going on. And we right. sold 12 weeks' supply in two and a half hours.
0: Oh my God. Like, so, because <laughs> I, I remember, I, everyone remembers it clearly, like the news, like panic buying. Like, what was going on in the office? Because your emails must have just been pinging left, right, and center. Like, what, <laughs> what was going on in those that day? Because you would have cleared out in a, yeah, like say a c- couple of hours. What were you just going, what the hell? Like, this oh, is yeah, incredible. It
1: was insane. It was a mixture of, picking up staff off the floor from, mm. some, from exhaustion, um, other people crying in the corner because <laughs> the end of the world's here. Yeah. Uh, even myself just sitting and I didn't literally, I, I just wouldn't allow myself to have five minutes to myself because if I did, I would have fell apart.
0: Yeah, got you. Got
1: it was absolutely bedlam. And, you know, and, and the crazy thing was, and, I, and again, it's insane. Every time I talk about this, I think the insanity of humans
0: is mm,
1: <laughs> crazy. Like We were having customers who owed us a large amount of money and, mm. and not just out of not out of terms but, you know, trading volume. Yeah, would be ringing us saying, I've transferred the whole amount that I owe you into your bank account and I'm going to pay you up front <laughs> as many pallets of toilet paper as you can send me. <laughs> and I'm like, No no way, and I'm not, I'm not doing that, and, I, and I'm not doing that. And we kept declining all these. I said, no, because the cafe owner who, who wants one box is going yeah. to miss out, and that's not fair. So I'll give you what you order, you order every week. That's what I'm going to give you. And if you run out, you run out because if you, it's got to go evenly. And so that's, that's how we navigate it. So we are literally, rather than just – You go take the lot and be done with it, which would have been an easier option in terms of stuff and and everything, just sell it all to one person and be done. But we didn't. We we stepped that out as we should to every person got the same amount. They always order every week and everyone got something.
0: Fantastic. I just – Like I say, it's it's hilarious looking back on it. But did you ever think you'd have like emergency boardroom team meetings about toilet paper? <laughs>
1: no way! No, no, no way! You know, and it's, it's just way, And it was just crazy stuff. But it was, and as you would know, mate, like it was just in waves. Like mm. you know, it would move. Like toilet paper was one thing. Then it would move from toilet paper to to breakfast cereal. Then our cereal category was getting smashed. And then that would move to something else. Then cleaning would go off. And then snap bars would go off. It was like <laughs> there was nothing left at store <laughs> level for people to buy. So they were yeah. shelf by shelf.
0: And that's a great question because you would have had products sitting in the warehouse. Did it just clear every – like it kind of gave you a, a business reset because most things were just selling out and like you were just getting rid of stock that might have just been sitting there and stuff like that. So there was a loss with the RTDs coming in. But then did it kind of give the business then a a little boost? Well, apart from the exhaustion and um, people going, are we all going to die from um, the flu kind of thing? So did it just – was it just just an absolute mental time?
1: Yeah, I think – yeah, look, it definitely was. Um Overall, as a business, you know, and, and I don't like you know, it. Kind of sounds, sounds bad because a lot of our clients really suffered through COVID, mm. and, and so did we initially. Like yeah. the first two weeks of lockdown, we lost fifty percent of our business. Yeah, so all our cafes were closed, and it's like shit. We're going to the wall here, and yeah. I literally called my team in and said, "Guys, and you know, you got." 35 set of eyes staring at you saying, what yeah. do? Um, you know, and it's like, guys, I don't know what we're going to do. You mm-hmm. know, is just keep turning up every day until I tell you not to. Yeah. And that's, and that's what we did. Um, but look, we don't, we didn't have much stock to clear. Um, as stock. We, we don't have slow brands. That's stuff. Yeah. Everything we, everything we sell is firing. Um, it goes well. Um, and if it's not, we channel all the energy into that brand, that is not performing, It's like, yeah. "Okay, well, this brand's not performing. What can we do?" And then, and again, not everything works. That's the yeah. reality of it, yeah. um, you know. And 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 that's just the nature of the, the game we're in. But um, you know, we, we channel in there, and we and we do see that. But what it did do is some brands that were new to our portfolio, um, it gave them opportunity to step in to fill gaps everywhere. So they automatically, because mm-hmm. the, the store owner got to a point of buying anything and everything, yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> crazy so <laughs> we,
1: we, they were gaining stockers by default and really quickly um which brought other problems you know supply uh, manufacturing issues um you know people capacity can't make a lot of our brands especially our smaller brands are you know mum and dad who are still hand filling jars
0: interesting um, yeah i always um there's always two ways like I've i've been in product development now for well in australia 10 years and then back in the uk and there's two times when i always know a product is failing and one is if you go into the kitchen and throw samples out and all the i like to call them like all the pigeons all the staff come and go oh what we got here and all the chocolate bars disappear and the biscuits disappear and you give it a couple of hours if there's a product still there you know no one wants it and you know that that's going to be an absolute flop and (laughs) i should have done that with a a lot of my products that i've created and the other time is when everyone was panic buying in the supermarkets and you just noticed a few products on the shelf that even during times of crisis and people buy that they didn't want like the vegetarian, like gluten-free shaped pasta or something like that. <laughs> it, was, it was like the the cauliflower rice, and it's like even when people think they're going to die and they're going to have to like weld the doors together, they still don't want cauliflower rice kind of thing. <laughs> it's like, it, and I always look at that, and I, I I always think with businesses like yourselves, like there's got to be a product that you go, oh will anyone buy this product a yeah, A lot of them, mate. <laughs> and, and, and
1: our inbox, you know, on average, mate, like we, we, on average we get anywhere between 40 and 50 brands approach us a month.
0: Oh, my Lord. Yeah. And, and
1: filtering uh, through that and you think – and and it's funny. Like, we, like we've like seen – at one stage we've seen 250 plus yeah. and butchers, I reckon, in 10 <laughs> it's
0: like,
1: mate, like, yeah. where's this, this going to win? But yeah, like,
0: yeah, give up. Like. And, and that was my next question. So, like, you have great brands and you seem to be on point um with what's coming what what do you see is coming in like this year because it, i've me personally i feel that the last 12 months to 24 months there's been like nothing's really moved and i think it is a, a a covid hangover but i'm now seeing more stuff like people going oh okay functional foods um healthy kids snacking and stuff like that is it what trends are you seeing that you go oh, this will be the next wave, or or even from customers going, oh, George, you, you can't sell me this, can you, or get me this from the UK, the US, or Australia?
1: Yeah. I'm a believer, and I, and again, this is just my view on it, and I don't know if it's right or wrong. I think there's two spaces that – there's two parts that I think will, will start to bubble over mm. the next 12 months. I think the nootropic space is interesting. Yeah. Um, I think that's interesting, but I don't know if the everyday punter is is up to speed on that. So that's yeah, an educational part coming through. So I think there's it needs a big brand to come and educate, and then the smaller artisan people will come in underneath. Yep, yeah, with, yeah. With, their, with their key selling points. I think that we'll see a bit of that in the next twelve months. But I do feel that we're going to be get back to a point of traditional food. Um, and, and what I mean by that is, I think as the economy puts more pressure on interest rates, mm. all that, people, as you said before, people are going to buy what they're used to and what they're almost guaranteed to eat and like um, just because they're watching where they spend. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, i give an example like, I think butter. Uh, you know, if people are going to go buy, rather than going to buy a margarine, uh, yep. for an extra dollar, they can buy an organic one, uh, you know, a cultured butter, an organic cultured butter, for instance, for a dollar or two more, where they know they'll eat it, they know they'll like it, they know it's better for them, and, and it tastes good. Um, and I think that's something, and also, you know, a, a tub of butter like yourself as a family, that's mm. something that we can all use in the house.
0: Yeah, that's a good call. That's a good call because, yeah, I'm seeing like with with the pinch on the monthly budget and the weekly budget, hey, people still want good food, yeah. but instead of spending a hundred dollars on uber eats, yeah, it's like well, if I'm having my toast in the morning, yeah. give me some good butter, kind of yeah. thing, yeah, or oh, give me a good tomato sauce uh with my meal, not yeah something that I'm just getting by with, kind of thing,
1: yeah, so I think yeah, I think that's what, what that's an interesting space that's a definitely a space where. Um, channeling into, um, mm. you know, we're going a little bit down staple road, but we're going down the artisan road. There's a lot of mum and dad businesses out there um, who do some really cool stuff, but just don't know how to scale. Yeah, um, yeah, and, it's, and that's,
0: I love it, all that stuff. I, and and these are the, like there's some great brands. Like I was in Sydney a couple of weeks ago for that uh, foodpreneurs festival, oh, yeah. and the energy and just the ideas that you get from these small businesses and and you can like it's not being a dick or anything but 90 percent of them will not go beyond selling more than 20 stores or 50 stores or yeah. they might even get into two stores because they don't know how to scale and it, it just it's a lot of work mm. but there's some great ideas isn't there? and I'm i'm sure you get so many brands where you go oh that's fantastic but then maybe when you dig deeper you go actually if we, if, yeah. if we expand this brand they'll, they'll probably crumble or let you down and then let the customer down at the end
1: yeah and then the other thing too which is interesting which is one thing i never you know which is what i've learned through business is one thing i've never ever considered is distributors can actually make brands go broke to, due to their success
0: mm, and- interesting
1: so where, you know, if, if, for instance, you may have a, a jam brand that you have and say, yeah, cool, Ben, can you scale? Yeah, cool, no worries. Yeah, it's all good and it's all happy days and we're great. Mm-hmm. And then we take it on and we take it to 1,000 jars, 2,000 jars, 10,000 jars. And at the back end, what that's doing for you is one, cash flow, two, production, yep. then scale up, build a factory and, and do what you've got to do or find a contract packer or whatever you got to do. But it's also... Preparing people in the early days saying, you know, this is what, you know, what's your succession? What's your game plan? Where do you want to be? Um, mm. and, and then also take them on a verbal journey to what that looks like at the beginning, um, because that can literally turn people off. And, it, and all we're doing is fast tracking the inevitable and educating from yeah. the start. Because, yeah, you know, I don't want, for me, I don't want the guilty conscience that.
0: Um, <laughs> you've got a family where it's still so <laughs> being 24 7 just packing these jam jars going yeah, 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 oh my god this took off
1: and that's uh, but even worse too you, you don't want them to run out of money and, and, yeah. and so then yeah i Then they've done all the leg work and it's damaging for their brand as well
0: yeah correct because it's interesting because i was chatting to a lot of different brands and they all wanted to grow bigger and it's like but why it, and they're like, oh, I just, just want to get the brand out there. But it's like, are you enjoying it? Like in your twenty stores that you can you can manage, it's a weekend mm-hmm. kind of thing, and you you're not stressing yourself out because yeah, I've said it in an earlier podcast. Like one of the old general managers at Coles I used to work with used to say, yeah, Coles can even make or break brands, and it's so mm-hmm. true. Like I know when I did my first production for Coles, and you look at how much packaging you need okay, <laughs> and you man. just, and you go, Oh shit. Like I've got to pay 30 grand of packaging before technically even a purchase order has come through. <laughs> and, yeah. and it, it, it's scary. Yeah. It's like you in your early days where you're just going, I've got to make this work. Like if not, <laughs> I've, I've got a shed full of packaging of dog cookies kind of yeah, thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, what the hell am I going to do? Yeah. Um, one question I wanted to ask, because I buy this product, but you got into your own private label, your own brand. Yeah. What What was the direction there? Did you see your own gap in the market? So when I talk about you seeing uh, opportunities and like gaps and trends, did you see a gap that you could fill yourself, or was it a customer request? How did that work?
1: So it, it was a gap, definitely. We spotted the gap in the market. Um, Around obviously yeah so we, we found a gap in the market and, and it was like we took a step back and said okay cool there's an opportunity there mm. first thing we always do is go we look at our portfolio of existing brands and say okay can anyone make this product yeah got ya rather than starting another relationship with another brand uh, another brand owner yep. let's go to our existing brands and say okay can anyone make something because there's an opportunity there we look at our portfolio there's no one in there but again like um, I, I, I know you're Probably talking about our corn chips. which Yes, is,
0: yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I see them every off location of yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Leo's Lamanas Le everywhere. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So, um, so like they said particularly we, we found a channel, we found a spot on the shelf that there was no one else playing in except for the bigger guys. Yeah, there was there was a couple of other guys in a you know in a clear bag with a label on the outside, and that's how we started as well to trial the market. But there was no one doing a brand or a product in there that was good for you, mm. marketed as good for you. Mark that as good quality um, and and that's where, you know what, let's let's give it a crack. So we put it in there and, and yeah, we sell lots of it. Um, but, again, it's finding those, as I said to you before, around the whole butter thing, it's related yep. to a corn chip. Like a 500-gram bag of corn chips is enough to feed a family, you know, yep. to snack on. You know, yeah, it's a, it's a bigger investment, 100%, but it goes it goes further um and and also the diversity around the corn chip too you can edit as it is you can make some you know nachos you can do whatever you want yep. to do with them um so i think that's where as a family play and and uh, and volume play comes in for us is how can we sell lots of it into more doors people understand it um and i think that's the future in food mm. at least for the next 12 to 18 months yeah
0: no that's, that's fascinating and i just I, regardless it tastes fantastic and it's a great uh, product but what what i also like and this is probably why i always think about your brand is because i'm constantly seeing it and whether it's in store through the chips or the vans on the road or knowing the brands like yeah like Bonzo going ah like knowing you that's what you do that's your bread and butter but then having those secondary kind of marketing things like yeah the fully kitted out vans and stuff like that so it i don't know whether you, you're meant to do that but it yeah like i see i see your van every day kind of thing driving yeah. down um burwood highway yeah, yeah. and it it just goes oh yeah so when i think distributor i think feel good foods um so it's 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 a great asset is that was that planned or was that just an evolution of your business just
1: it's definitely planned Um, yeah it's something and and i'll say this to everyone as well like our model is is definitely hard um in terms of distribution model um what i I mean by hard, we could Mm -hmm. easily do what everyone else is doing and put it into a third-party courier or delivery system and yeah which you know There's some benefits in there um, where, you know, our our customers could probably get a little bit of a quicker delivery in some parts of of Mm. Victoria, but um, the thing is with our drivers, our drivers, it's the same driver, same store every week. So not only... uh, and this goes back to our relationships. Is like the, the customers. This customer sees the same rep every week. The customer yeah. sees the same driver every week. Um, it's the same truck every week. If there's an issue or credit or return at store level, it's addressed there and then. Customers always feeling that feel-good is there to help. Yeah. And that's what we wanted to do and that's what we set out to do. And I won't shy away from that. And I tell this to everybody is that, our model is hard because in terms of, you know, especially through COVID, getting drivers and maintaining our current drivers and all that is, it is and was a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, we've got a long record. A lot of our drivers have been with us four or five years, up to seven years, um, and they're really good dudes. They turn up every day and they just want to be there, man. You That's know, perfect. You know. yeah. uh, and, 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 you know, they come in and say to us, you know, hey, you know, this customer, blah, 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 Joe at, you know, the corner store said this today and... <laughs> and I've passed on the reps number, the rep's going to go see him. So they're a voice for the business. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, an an, ex, an extra arm to the business kind of yeah. thing.
1: And it stays in the traditional values that we yeah. try and push, you know, is, you know, they want that. The stores want to see Joe every week and high-five yeah. him and talk about the footy. And, so I think that's where the grassroots comes again with us is yeah. we won't shy away from that. We'll just keep plugging in more trucks, more drivers as we grow. Um we won't pull away and just give it to a third party it's not it's not our thing it's definitely not on the radar
0: no that's fantastic and and to to kind of yeah summarize and finish up is where where do you want to go where do you see yourself so yeah you said it's 14 years since you started what what do you see the next 5 years being like where where you, where's the growth and where do you want to expand or what do you want to do
1: well, well we've got so we do Victoria and Tassie um, we do get a lot of brand requests into other states like Sydney, but Sydney we would never do. Um, we've got existing relationships with friends over there, with yeah. other distributors over there. Um, we would never do Sydney, just too big of a beast. And again, like if we it would if I was to take on a market like that, it would break away from who we yeah. are. No, yeah. And I know I'm not gonna service sydney the way i do yeah and so that's like that's off the cards so look i don't know adelaide's one of those things we've explored and we've got some opportunity in there um again it's nothing on our radar in the real real short term but for now ben honestly mate we just keep mowing our lawn (laughs) we'll keep mowing our lawn we've got we're still growing in in our own patch at the moment like we're still seeing growth year on year um so i think we just really buckled down on that um, we've got some brands who are moving from you know infancy into maturing into our portfolio as well so that's Fantastic. exciting um, yeah so I think at the moment we'll just uh, keep doing what we're doing mate
0: right, I love it and yeah thank you like, like I said at the start I've I've been a fan f- for, for a long time and it's just been an absolute pleasure chatting to you, George. Like, yeah, I look forward to meeting you in person instead of stalking <laughs> you from a distance. So it's, um, yeah, keep doing what you're doing and it, it's just been an absolute pleasure getting to understand your business and just who you are. And I, me personally, I sense that the, the kind of the foundations that you've you've built from day one are coming through because, yeah, great quality brands it always looks good your vans look immaculate and everything is just uh tip top so thank you for your time and thanks for bringing some decent brands to my uh, local coffee shops as well so really yeah. good <laughs> no
1: worries. appreciate the time
0: man. awesome thank you
1: thank you talk to you soon